Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, you had to be there, the crappy quiz, and a slight tangent. Get you going that little if you bit. Say to anger it. is a great ah, motivator. Yeah. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Possibly the game of the year. It's the All Ireland uh, football quarter final preliminaries. It's Galway against Mayo. It's Salt Hill. It's Sunday. It's three o'clock, and I'm delighted to say to preview the game in the maroon corner, Gary Sice, and the red and green corner, Keith Higgins. Welcome, gentlemen. Morning, Mark. That's our thing. We'll uh, get into the game uh, properly in a second, but is there any uh, nagging feeling that no matter the outcome of the game on Sunday that there's sort of significant doubts been raised about both teams, Keith? Uh, I think so, yeah. Um, I think if last Sunday had gone, I suppose, according to plan, as both teams would have liked, you know, you're looking at a a week's break here, clear up injuries, and both teams are probably Ireland contenders at this stage. Um, you're kind of questioning both so yeah I think last Sunday had a big bearing on both teams um, I think probably even just from a goal point of view with the injuries that they have you know the fact that they've had that less week to kind of get them cleared up there's doubts over a few players whether they be fully fit and then from a male point of view all the momentum they had after that Kerry game I think is gone so yeah there's definitely question marks over both What do you think Gary are they just both of them all still blown off the cobwebs at this stage of the year there's more to come or big doubts Oh, I think we're 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 in big doubt territory now at the minute for both of them, especially after last weekend. I think kicking the ball for for Galway and we're talking all Ireland contenders still, but now we have injuries to some major players and we are going into a weekend against the old foe and it's toss of a coin like and it's not the way things sh- should have gone because things were going so well before that. But it's definitely they're they're no they're not in the in the contenders uh, bracket at the minute based on, on last weekend. Yeah, the teams obviously named last night and uh, Sean Kelly and Damien Comer both named in the starting 15. I watched Comer come off the bench in Mullingar a few weeks ago and sort of kicked three or four points but limped around, looked like he might have come off again and obviously Park Joyce pulled the all-switcheroo with him ahead of the Armagh game um, last weekend as well. Are they are they going to start? What's the word? I think uh, the things are very quiet. There, there's very, very little about it. I think they have to. Um, I don't think there can be any any shadow boxing this weekend. I think if Damien is is good to go, he's sixty seventy percent. He has to play. Um, I think we need to get them together himself and Shane and Ian up front. And I think he'll cause problems even on one leg for Mayo at the weekend if if that's the way things have to be. The problem you have then is going forward. What happens if we get over the weekend? Um, as far as Sean Kelly goes, it didn't look good at the weekend. He came off in a boot and. He's probably pound for pound one of the best players in the country at the minute. Top top performer for us, and it probably can't be without him really. So everybody in Galway is hopeful, I'm sure, that he, he can uh, participate as the weekend. Keith, I suppose everyone talking about home advantage for this one, but I, I, I guess when you look at Mayo's record in Salt Hill, it's it's not half bad. Uh, John Fogarty's writing in the Irish Examiner this morning as well about even something as simple in Salt Hill as the importance of winning the toss. I think it's given a bit of rain and maybe uh, some usual Salt Hill wind as well at, uh, at the weekend. So. I mean, how important is that home advantage and even winning that toss as well? Because it can, it can be worth a few points. Yeah, I think there's a few things in that. I think, first of all, the fact that it's not in McHale Park, you won't, I don't think too many male people be complaining about that. Um, probably our, our record there, you look at the performances there over the last few years, probably haven't been great. You know, Salt Hill, like you mentioned there, the conditions are definitely going to play a big part. And I remember having this conversation with Gary, I think, before the, even the Connacht final, and, you know, if there's a bit of a breeze at all, you nearly kind of favour a goal. I just think they have better long-distance kickers. You know, you look at, like, if Comer plays Walsh, if, um, you know, 
Tierney, Cook, Conroy, all those boys could easily pop balls from 40, 50 yards with that breeze behind them. I'm not sure if Mayo have that kind of firepower even with the breeze, but conditions definitely do play a big part. Um, the fact that it's in Salt Hill, I don't think it'll bother either team, um, to be honest, but I think more so just the fact that it's not in McHale Park would, would be a plus for Mayo at this stage. You know, the performances there just haven't been great over the last number of years. Kelly O'Connor came through a, a club game as well, a full senior league game with Ballantubber last weekend. Uh, Keith as well, 2-6 uh, scored against Ballantubber, his first competitive game in, in 10 weeks. He, of course, has had that ha- hamstring injury. So, a good sign that he's back involved and I'm sure raring to go. Yeah, look, in fairness to Killian, any time he's come back from injury, he's always been in, in decent shape. I suppose the one fear I'd have is, yeah, he played a club game for Ballantubber, but at the same time, he hasn't kind of played any kind of competitive game at this level probably since I think the, the Roscommon game he came on for a few minutes in so it'll just be that level of sharpness kind of if you start him I don't think he's got a full game in him but he's competed that level if you bring him on you're bringing him on in the heat of a battle in the Galway Mayo game knockout championship will he be able to get up to the pace of that game as quickly as he needs to so look I think Killeen's track record speaks for itself but at the same time there is just going to be that bit of question marks, but there is a few cowboys there, whether he can get up to the pace the game quick enough. I think fitness-wise, he'll be fine for 20 minutes, but it's just a matter of whether he'll be able to get up to the, the sharpness required. So, I suppose, but going back to, to Gary's point there, I think the big one for me is Sean Kelly. If he starts, well, we're probably favourites. If he doesn't, it's probably basically a big, um, it's a big advantage for Mayo, I think, as you yeah. mentioned there. Look, he's probably looking at, if God progresses, he's probably looking at player of the year territory in fairness to him, so yeah, he's uh, incredible in full flight when he's uh, when he's going forward as well. Apart from everything else, you mentioned on paper, Gary, the that Galway full forward line is incredible. Um, talk to us about Shane Walsh, will you? Because like obviously the All Ireland final last year was such a ridiculous benchmark that like in some ways you're destined to be hammered if you don't meet that mark every time you go out in the pitch afterwards. But uh, hard to turn that on every day, and he hasn't turned it on in a Galway shirt since. Yeah, I'm glad you used the word ridiculous for when it didn't go apart last year because it was absolutely ridiculous. I'm not so sure there's a lot of footballers out there that have had a dream to do that. Don't mind actually going to do it. So mm. he, he did something ridiculous. Um, there's a couple of things with Shane and one of them is the club campaign he went through. And for Shane, it was probably the longest season he's done. He's 29 now, going 30 soon. I don't think he's ever done a full season like that. Um, the, he had a break, obviously. He went away to Australia and whatever, but how much of an effect that had on him, I don't know. Um, he hasn't he hasn't shot the lights out at all and to quite honest with you he was very disappointed last week in, in, in Carrick um, things that he does in his sleep were very he was very off and even the striking of the ball there was no consistency to it um, the penalty the two or three he won off his left one off his right they just weren't they weren't consistent Anthony he was doing and, and I, I hope this weekend he's capable of just switching that off and turning on the magic again at the weekend yeah. and I know Mayo will be very aware of that um, how much of a sting Will will be in him. Uh, it will be interesting to see. I've no doubt that he's been talked to a lot this week, and they're going to explain to him that all will just be free. He's going to play, and if they can get that out of him for forty minutes, I think all will be fine. Um, he is that important, and I think when Shane plays, it takes two to mark him. It maybe take three. You might even have a system around him trying to slow him up and stop him up. He's that dangerous. And if that happens, then you've got Peter Cook, you've got Tierney, you've got Ian, you've got Damien, you've got Paul Conroy. May all be aware of all this, and I think Shane is that pivotal to us. He's as important as as Sean Kelly. Um, when he's in full flight but we haven't seen that as you mentioned so yeah. as a Galway man I hope to God Shane turns up for 40 minutes the weekend at Clare Stadium and, and does horrific damage <laughs> if he can at all it's, uh, it's not even the terrible twins it's the terrible trio uh, turns out when they're all on song um, 
talk to us, Keith, um, a little bit. I reading Lee Keegan's comments during the week talking about Mayo's inability to see out games, to play boring football, he was calling it, to, to kill the game, to not be too cute. There's no shot clock, uh, was how he had worded it. Um, what does that all come down to? Um, yeah, we actually had this conversation yesterday with Lee, and you know, it, it, again, you, you can't really kind of put your finger on exactly what it was. I think we were kind of saying, you know, you go back over the last probably ten years with Mayo, probably since even James took over first, and it was it was just this kind of nearly all-out attacking type of football that there was no there was no real kind of defensive systems. There was no real kind of attacking setups or plays or whatever you want to call it. It was just get the ball and everyone goes and you play at this high tempo game and in a way I think that's nearly kind of kept it through it's nearly ingrained in lads at this stage now that it's you know as Lee said we're not holding on to the ball for two three minutes just winding down just kind of making things boring for the opposition and all that and you look at the way Ross Common have adapted this year and the way they're playing and sometimes you just need to do that especially if you're three four points up with five or six minutes to go you just need to kill the game and um, probably the best teams out there are good at doing that they get the balance right, whereas we're just probably not at that level just yet. And whether that comes down to coach, whether that comes down to kind of players just not kind of thinking it through, a bit of naivety, I don't know what you want to call it, but sometimes you just have to be able to kind of, as Lee said, just win ugly at times and just kind of kill the game. And, you know, there's what we're made with, what, six points up was a 10-minute score against Cork. And, you know, that's the type of he's on about. That's where you should be just kind of killing the game and just winning the next 10 minutes by a point or losing it by a point to win the game by five, whereas they just let... Cork get that bit of craziness in the game, get that bit of momentum, and then it's kind of hard to kill. So, you know, I'm not sure it's something that can be done fixed within a week, but it's definitely something they kind of need to bring in the game if they're going to be kind of pushing on towards all Ireland finals or, or winning all Ireland finals. Would you be worried that there wasn't enough communication in place for Ed O'Shea? It seems to know that knock it over and we're through. Um, possibly, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure who's going to be. If people are on the line or listening to other games and see how things are going, I'm not sure whether they need to get that information to them quicker. Um, I suppose, again, like I suppose at the time, with everything that's going on, it's just pure head to skin for the last few minutes. It's kind of hard to keep those kind of calm heads and shoulders. But, again, I wouldn't be overly concerned about that, to be quite honest with you. That's something that might only happen once every few years. I think it's the whole issue around conceding that six-point lead is kind of where my concerns would be at, really. Um, Gary, Keith made the point there, you used the phrase, making making it boring. How important is it for... for both these teams to make the fixture boring in some ways because you could look at it on paper Mayo Galway two rivals that let's be honest hate each other knock out championship football um, like if you think about the occasion too much I guess it's for, for poor Joyce and Kevin McStay really isn't it whoever manages the occasion more and, and, and makes it boring in players heads because you don't want to hype it up too much Yeah I agree and I think uh, last weekend was another example of one of Mayo's biggest uh, actually seal problems they have is that Kevin Walsh was in the Cork restroom and uh, he put this template together that uh, was a complete and utter antidote to the chaos that Keith was talking about there. Um, I think it was maybe 2015 or 16 we went to McHale Park and we set up in such a way that we closed down the avenues of running and we made them keep the ball, didn't want to do it, they kicked it back to us. And then when we got the ball back, we kept it off them and they didn't like it. And Cork did it for periods, last, not as well as they should have last weekend, but they did cause havoc for Mayo and I think Loud did it for a little while as well. And Galway's system at the minute with a double sweeper and breaking out is exactly what Mayo don't want and I think that's going to be a big problem for Mayo at the weekend I'm not so sure where they're going to get 13, 14, 15 points if Galway do set up properly oh, I do think as well in that that uh, missing Kieran Malloy missing Liam Silk um, if Sean Kelly doesn't play then I'm not so sure how comfortable Galway will be in that system but if they can get it together and, and slow that game down and, and make it boring as you're talking about there I think Mayo can have a serious problem in their hands 
one man who could get those points, Keith, I guess, is Tommy Conroy. Like, 1-1 one, one the last day. Uh, I know he came off the bench the last couple of times for James Carr. Is the argument there for him to to, to start from the start? Or, or is there, I guess, a, an, an argument in Kevin McStay's head that you need to finish with a stronger stronger 15 in some ways? Yeah, that's been Kevin's kind of mantra all year, is kind of finishing with nearly as strong or a stronger 15 than he has. I think um, the argument would probably be there to, to keep the full forward line the same with Aidan, James and Ryan. I mean... If Sean Kelly isn't fit, I think it throws up a question mark of who God put on Aiden, then who they match up with James. I think if, if Tommy starts, it's probably more of a, a natural matchup like Jack Lynn to go on him. So I think if you start with Aiden and James, if Sean Kelly isn't fit, it just throws up a few more question marks over the matchups in the goal of defence. Um, I think you go back to, to Gary's point there, though. I mean, you know. We talk about Mayo struggling sometimes with a packed defence and all this, but like the reality was they were six points up with ten minutes to go, whatever it was the last day against Cork, you know, so they were doing okay. It's just I suppose when Cork had to throw off the shackles and go at it a bit more that that bit of craziness came into it and Mayo just kinda of weren't able to kill the momentum. That's the kind of bit I'd be concerned about. I know if Gaul packed the defence and do what they did previous years and get their two wing backs dropped into those channels, it will cause some problems and see where the scores come from. But at the same time I think Mayo got a small bit better at it. They're just not kind of quite at that level just yet. But, um, yeah, look, the argument is there to start Tommy Conroy. Again, a lot of it will come down, I think, to conditions as well. You know, like, it sounds very simplistic, but if Mayo had ended up getting the breeze in the first half, they'd bring Tommy in the second half, then against the breeze, would they get enough ball from It's just hard to know. Um, there's so many ifs and buts to it, but I, th- I think they'll probably just go with the same full forward line again, keep James Carr in there and look to bring Tommy off the bench like they have been doing and kind of start with a stronger team. Shane used the word hate there. Very strong word. Accurate. What was that, sorry? Shane, he used the word hate. Yeah, I think uh, that was actually brought up for me during the week as well. And I think I mentioned it as well in a different uh, interview. But it is it is a strong word. Hate probably isn't the right one. But I think there's a, there is a big dislike in there. It's just a case of sometimes you, you just have to do whatever it takes to win those games, you know. Yeah. Um, you can't kind of comprehend losing to the, your biggest rivals. And it's the same with me with go away on Roscommon because we're so close to both both here on the border but um, again even the point you made there about taking kind of the emotion out of it I think it probably would be a very cagey start I mean both teams would probably set up very similar they'll get bodies back and it would be kind of cagey maybe for 40-50 minutes but if it's tight coming down that last 10 or 15 minutes that's when the emotions will come into it and that's when you want the boys with the calm heads so it'd be interesting to see Yeah, been an absolute belter Gary Keith thanks a million Thank you very much. Cheers, lads. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.